how many people are making movies? What if it becomes, what if it becomes just like two giant movie studios? Yeah. You know, that's it. It's the only way, place you can get your movie made. So, but that's where, so there was a, uh, there's a show uh, called The Chosen. You heard of that? No. And it's about uh, the life of, uh, it's about Jesus, about the life of Christ. And uh, the guys that, I met the guys that like did this, they were, they're, they're, they're I, this studio I believe was behind, they do, you know, dry bar comedy. Like no. that was clean. It was like on faith. The ones that is all clean. And they've been on Facebook, but this chosen's that they made is got, it's like through the roof. How many people have watched this show? What is it about? Uh, Christ. And it was uh Jesus. I think it's through the perspective of the, the people is, you know, most things are through Jesus perspective. And this is through the, uh, like people that are around theirs perspective. I don't know a ton. I've only seen, I've only seen like a little, I haven't got to watch the whole thing, but it's got, it the views of it it was i think you can buy it Holy on amazon shit. now but the they views. just made their own app and so they just went and they made an app called the chosen and you went to that app and you watched that show and i believe it got i mean millions upon millions of views and it's a series and it was a very they did all the ad behind it they did all the very word of mouth very but i think the ads the ad behind it they did all the very word of mouth very, very but I think the ads and all that stuff on it. And they just started this. They're just, there's like, that's their thing. They're the chosen. And then it was an app and you go watch that show there. That's wild. Then do you think that speaks to an opportunity for anyone to do that with any kind of film? Or do you think that speaks to like a, a lack of representation of like Christian films? I think it's, I mean, that, that helps, but it, I think anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. And that, you got to think that is being a, a film about Christ. I mean, it's a very like, uh, you know, I mean, everybody's a lot of people are Christians here, like crazy amount of Christians. So yeah. people do want to go see that. And that's not and that could not be being shown. But it also just shows you, you know, it's all about specials and all this stuff where you could be like, I, you could go like, I don't know if I go find an audience and this audience wants to do it. Like, why don't you have we live in the same world, Matthew? Next. Besides, what else are you going to do with a mind like yours? Matthew. Matthew, son of Alpheus. Yes. Follow me. Me? <laughs> yes, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? You want me to join you? Keep moving, street preacher. Do you have any idea what this guy has done? Do you even know him? Yes. Listen, I said to you. What are you doing? Where do you think you're going, guys? Let me go. Have you lost your mind? You have money. Quintus protects you. No Jew lives as good as you. You're going to throw it all away. Yes. 
I don't get it. You didn't get it when I chose you either. But this is different. I'm not a tax collector. Get used to different. I'm glad we passed by your booth today, Matthew. Yes. Shall we? We have a celebration to prepare for. You will regret this, Matthew. What's the tablet for? I grabbed it without thinking. You can put it back. No, no, keep it. You may yet find use for it. Where are we going? A dinner party. I'm not welcome at dinner parties. Well, that's not going to be a problem tonight. You're the host. I can totally relate. See, people need to get used to that. They need to get used to that. <laughs> oh, look, do you know who that is? Do you know this? Well, not a very good Christian. Get used to being different. Get used to having <laughs> people come out of the woodwork to help your nation that you would never expect. People that would come out and say things and you're like, what? That's the last person I would ever think of teaming up with or even thinking that they would help. Well, you'll be surprised how many have been helping in the background without really saying they're helping in the background. Like. Was released their first single in 1975. Lead singer John Lydon or Johnny Rotten, as he was better known then, quickly became the voice of an anti-establishment punk generation. And the King of Punk joins us now. He's written a new book, Mr. Rotten's Songbook. It's got the song lyrics and his own illustrations in it. It's great to see you this morning. Was it an experience meeting Nigel Farage? You were Brexit's favorite. Fantastic. Uh, after that, that up the River Thames argument he had with Bob Geldof, I <laughs> wanted to shake his hand. Did you? Because it was silly beyond belief. Mm. All right. And where do I stand on Brexit? Well, here it goes. The working class have spoke. Mm. And I'm one of them and I'm with them. And, and, and when you hear someone like Alistair Campbell spelling out what he thinks could be the real downside. Oh, I gave up listening to him a long time ago. Did you? But you're yeah. a US citizen now, aren't you? So you have Trump as your leader. The Donald. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> There's a complicated fella. And uh, as, as one journalist once said to me, is he the uh, political sex pistol? <laughs> But in a way, in, in terms a of way, but yeah. what I dislike is uh, the left-wing media in America are trying to smear the bloke as a racist, and that's mm. completely not true. Mm. And there just might be a chance that something good will come out of that situation mm. because he terrifies politicians. Mm. I mean, you live. And this is joy to behold, right? Me. I mean, that very much is the Sex Pistols thing, anti-establishment. He yeah. is the absolutely archetypal yeah. anti-establishment character. So, in so dare I say, a possible friend. <laughs> <laughs> Unexpected allies. Hmm? Unexpected? I don't think so. See, that's the problem that we have. We have this image of what it is. I was asked, you know, by someone in a private text. Obviously, the reporter didn't publish it. But I was asked, you know, you're not a traditional candidate. And I was like, what does that even mean? Traditional. <laughs> These aren't traditional times. People don't want someone that can put on a suit or a tie or a pantsuit or, you know, whatever, or victimize themselves into office. They want people that will fight for them, that will speak for them when no one wants to hear, that will stand for them. This is why President Trump won. 
Now, there's a lot going on, and I have to keep this show short. I'm extremely under underwater. I have so much to do. But I think there are a few things that we need to revisit. See, um, it was a few months ago, early summer. Let me, let me just see when the video was up, and I can give you a more definitive time. There it is, July 7th. We had an interview with one of our, you know, infamous justice individuals complaining that they were being audited by the IRS. And I remember saying to myself, boy, they're just lining it up to say, oh, we did it to them too, so it's not just you. I am telling you all right now, I know for a fact for me too, they are coming hard. These 87,000 IRS agents that we threw into the Boston Harbor are not your friend. They will audit every single middle class American, and that includes me too. And I'm finding it really, really hard to get my tax forms from places like Venmo and Cash App and Twitch after they ban me, uh, which can cause me harm, of course. And we'll see how my accountant deals with that because what do I do? Now I have to spend money to sue them to get my tax documents. You know, they do that shit on purpose, but it is what it is, right? And we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, as always. But I want you to remember this video. See it. Remember it. This is how they say, oh, it's not just Republicans, because they already got caught doing that before. The most intensive random audit, the specific type that they do, that the IRS does, it only happens to about one in 30,000 tax returns. So what are the chances that not one, but two people who former President Trump considered foes would be targeted? The New York Times reports that both former FBI Director James Comey and former Deputy Director Andrew McCabe were subjected to this invasive audit. It actually is something that costs the person mm. who gets it a lot of money, even if they did nothing wrong. Joining us now is one of those two people, CNN senior law enforcement analyst and former deputy director of the FBI, Andrew McCabe. He's also the author of The Threat, How the FBI Protects America in the Age of Terror and Trump. Um, Andy, I know you've seen this. The IRS is saying it's ludicrous and untrue to suggest that senior IRS officials somehow targeted specific individuals for national research program audits. That's what this is called. What do you say to that? Well, Brianna, it's clearly not ludicrous. I mean, we're talking about a, uh, uh, a coincidence that, that really is almost impossible statistically. I think it raises some very interesting questions about the IRS and about how they're administering this program. And, you know, look, to be clear, like, I'm not suggesting that any high-powered or high-level official at the IRS uh, specifically did anything wrong. I'm simply saying that Americans need to be able to have trust and faith that the institutions they rely on are conducting their business in a fair and impartial manner. And there, there's an indication here that that might not be happening. Uh, I think it's appropriate for the IRS to do the responsible thing and look into it and determine whether or not um, something, you know, went awry in this program. So it's, it's absolutely not ludicrous. It's responsible to look into it. And I look forward to the outcome of their inquiry. Andy, what were you thinking when you got this letter that you were being audited? Did you know that Comey had gone through the same thing? What did, what did you and your wife think? 
You know, nobody likes to get a letter from the IRS saying they're being audited, but that was really my only reaction. I had no idea that Jim Comey had been subjected to the same uh, audit. I didn't know that until the reporter who wrote the story contacted me kind of out of the blue. Uh, we got the letter, I think, in October of 2021. Um, and so the letter says on, you know, on its face, it says you've been randomly selected for this research program that's designed to, you know, give the IRS information about how people are meeting their tax obligations. So I just took it at face value and assumed that it was actually random. It wasn't until I found about, I found out about Jim Comey's audit that I started wondering that like this, this can't possibly be random that the both of us were selected. The timing's very curious. In the case of Comey, it, he was told in 2019 it was going to be his 2017 tax return. And 2017, he had a big book deal. 2019, it turned out that Bill Barr, you know, wasn't going to pursue what Trump wanted him to. Similarly, you had just been able to breathe a sigh of relief because your personnel record had been cleansed. Your pension had been reinstated. But my question to you is, this was 2021, right? When you found out that your 2019 tax return was going to be audited. Joe Biden is now in the White House. It's no longer the Trump administration. So what questions does that raise to you about if you think people were pulling the strings? I mean, do you think that there was some Trump appointee residual in the IRS who might have been doing something? I think it's absolutely possible, Brianna. I think, um, look, a, a lot of people stick around after the change of administrations, particularly in a place like the IRS. Um, the, the occurrence of this one in 30,000 event twice to the same people who are basically targeted in the same way by the former president and continue to be targeted to this day, I'll, I'll add, um, is, it's just, it defies belief. And so is there, is it possible that there's someone in the IRS who has an ability to influence this supposedly random process to go after people that they have some sort of an issue with? Um, yeah, I think that's possible. I think that's what the IRS needs to find out by conducting a fair and thorough investigation. Andy, thank you for being with us. Uh, um, more to come on this story for sure. So we'll be following it. All right. Thanks, guys. More to come. More to come is that they just set the tone saying, oh, well, it'll happen to them. So it's not just you. For those of you out there that have small businesses, no matter how small, or your independent contractors, please get yourself audit insurance, even if you use an accountant. It's good to have it. It's very good to have it. So on that note, let's take a look at some Hunter stuff that's important. But before we get into um, Robert Davi's interview on what happened for him to actually put this movie together, it's important to remember that, you know, the Democrats don't want us to have guns. But if you guys heard in the past couple of days in California, a Democrat that's running for mayor had guns stolen from her house. But, you know, Second Amendment at all, right? For them, but not for you. And threw it all away. You hope the laptop will take down everybody with you. Get out! China's not our enemy. They're not bad folks, folks. I love my dad. And I just want to make him proud. 
<laughs> Grab your popcorn. New film is doing the job the FBI and the basket of biased press refuses to do. Exposed the Biden family's corruption. It's called My Son Hunter and is based on the investigative reporting inspired in large part from information recovered from the Hunter Biden laptop. The film's director, a gifted actor in his own right, founder and CEO of Sun Lion Records and Sun Lion Films. Robert Davi. Mr. Davi, it's great to see you again, sir. How does it feel to do the job that the basket of biased press and the FBI refuses to do? Well, thank you for having me, Chris. Um, I love your show. Well, you know, it, I think it's something that's necessary at this particular time we've seen in our nation. And the film has been crowdsourced, you know, the unreported society, story society, because the frustration of the American people seeing stories being squashed, being hidden. Uh, we know that Mark Zuckerberg even said recently the FBI came to them and said, listen, squelch this story. So it's important that we get the word out so people can have an honest appraisal of our government and what's going on. We've seen for years, for the, or for the last, uh, since President Trump had gotten into office, the collusion, the Russian collusion, and how they blew up that story and continue to blow it up in every turn they can. And yet here we have uh, 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 one of the biggest stories in America, and it's being suppressed. So we needed to tell this. Well, you say that while you were preparing to, to film this in Serbia, Hunter Biden's lawyers tried to infiltrate your set. That tells me they're worried. Tell us the story. Well, we're on the set filming, of course. I have uh, playing Hunter Biden is the great English actor, Lawrence Fox, whose family is a huge uh, uh, English family of uh, acting tradition. And he does a masterful job uh, playing Hunter Biden, really like a, a Academy Award winning performance. You've got Gina Carana, who is like a modern day Lauren Bacall in some ways. And she plays a Secret Service agent. You've got John uh, uh, James, who plays, uh, who was from Dynasty, who plays uh, Joe Biden. And I wanted to tell the story that was, um, that had emotion, that had nuance. It, it's not a story that just tells the facts. There's a message in the ravioli. There's an emotional story between father and son. I don't demonize the drug addiction. And they came to the set, I think. And what was interesting, Chris, is that a month before and we filmed the movie in Serbia, a month before Hunter Biden was at the same hotel we were at in Serbia filming. And then while we're shooting, these gentlemen take a private jet telling us they're doing a documentary. And I guess that set it up through the producers. I wasn't involved in that negotiation. And they came on the set and wanted to question people and interview people. And we find out later on that it was part of the team that helped Hunter Biden with a $2 million tax bill. Oh, so they were filming a documentary. You mean the documentaries, right? That have been following people around that are actually foreign intelligence agencies. The documentaries where people penetrate to say, look what they've done to President Trump, right? And they create movies and they penetrate. Do you understand that? Do you see where I'm going with this? And how did they penetrate his set? By pretending they were documentarians. This is what's important. That's the sauce. And the story he tells is showing the drive behind leaving the laptop. Uh, so, so it's kind, kind of interesting. interesting but okay. again, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty interesting. I've, look, I've, uh, Mr. Davi, I've only got about a minute left. But yesterday there was a, a secret screening of the film. Uh, and Hollywood conservatives came out. Some Hollywood conservative insiders came out but they had to keep it on the down low. 
funny when they did those those hit films on Reagan, on Bush, and on Trump. Hollywood. I don't remember these left wing insiders having to hide their faces or their identities. In the absence of conservative actors and a perspective, do you think that's why Hollywood just can't seem to make a film that has broad appeal in the United States anymore? Well, I think there's a myopic vision in Hollywood that's speaking to a certain cultural Marxist agenda. And this has been going on since the 50s when they were infiltrated the heads of the studios, the readers, the agencies, and they would pick certain projects that promoted the agenda they wanted and put some of them aside. At that time in Hollywood, you had an, an amazing amount of people who were conservatives, not just Marxists, and they had a lot of power, so films were made. But today in Hollywood, it's a little bit different. It's difficult. We need the cultural warriors. The Breibart is putting this film out. And as Andrew Breibart used to say, politics is downstream from culture. So the conservatives, we have to learn how to message, how to get that in between, how to respond to the independents, the people that are on the fence that necessarily might not hear a message because it's too polarizing. This doesn't do that. This doesn't demonize the drug addiction. It tells a father and son story and exposes the alleged influence peddling corruption that was going on. It, and um, I think, as you said, the Hollywood contingent, they, they will tell stories bashing. You know, if this was about Don Trump Jr. and he said it himself, <laughs> they'd be having a premiere at the Man's Chinese Theater and uh, every starlet in Hollywood <laughs> show up. And it's not the case with this, you know, and, and it says that's for sure. It's a, that's it's a terrific sure. film. Yeah, Chris. I can't wait to see it. And, and Robert Davi, congratulations on the work, sir. And thanks for your time here on the Salcedo Show, as always. For that reason, I'm not sharing the ripped one because I would prefer people pay to watch it because he put a lot of time and effort into it. And um, he should at least make back uh, what he did. I'm actually going to pay for it and watch it with my girls, even though um, the ripped version has been skimmed through. Now, I'm going to show you uh, something that sounds so realistic uh, based on his movie, right? And, you know, I say this and people can say whatever they want, but I did that. You know, I, I was actually thinking of, you know, doing it the not traditional way, but I didn't do it, right? I did not do it. I did not. I thought, you know, if you're going to stop being the person you were, you have to start thinking like the person you want to be. So rather than me skirting and doing things forcefully, I ensured that I let him do it. What happened was, and I don't mind saying this, is that his phone had tiles and they would ping. And I had someone that worked for me in California and has worked for me in other capacities that happened to be at a whorehouse that Hunter Biden was a few years ago. Illegal ones, very elitish. He left his iPad or his phone there. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, maybe she could replicate it. Then I thought, I don't want to get her in trouble. She shouldn't do something illegal. So I said to her, can you find out the list of the pimps, hookers that Hunter Biden uses most often? 
this pimp had connections all across the US. So I looked at the frequencies of him ordering certain girls and I noticed that he picked specific girls during holidays, like Easter time, September time, Thanksgiving and New Year's. So I actually paid his prime hooker a lot of money. And I was telling her, I know you've been with Hunter for a while and I feel bad for him. Here's some money. All I want you to do is tell him this all goes away. If they accidentally forget some information somewhere, either at a hotel, but if you're going to leave a device with evidence, you should take it to like a Best Buy, you know, tell him that he can free himself from this prison, free himself from this prison. If he just leaves things. So that is the conversation I had with Mike a long time ago, where I told him that's how I knew that Hunter was going around and he had information because they looked at the stuff and there was a ton of texts and everything that was coming in. And on his laptop, there's receipts from him logging into his own dad's cash app to send himself money. And at that point, I realized, damn, this boy is captive of his dad. He makes all this money and he's begging him for $1,000, $800. For, so who's in charge? Like I've sat and studied this whole thing. That's why I don't put out a lot of articles. I feel in a sense, I know he's done atrocious things, but in, in the bottom line, and actually, have you read her diary? Like it breaks your heart. Talking about her father touching her, touching her when she was young. So no matter what people might say that he's horrible, we have to remember they're suffering too, in a sense. So I, I tried to do my best and to bring clarity in and some truth to convince the hookers to keep talking to him until he does it. And it was on New Year's of 2019 that he was finally convinced. And this is also demonstrated from the emails and texts. After his hooker binge and drug binge during the new year time i hear that the feds rolled up on her so the new york times might already have in the text he's communicating with his family saying i'm done I'm, I'm out of here i'm checking out i'm just i'm over this we're not doing i'm not doing this anymore and they were like i'm sorry you feel this way and he and ashley colluded it i mean what are the odds that he drops off the laptop and ashley's texting him, did you do it yet 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 okay like I did my part, which is to bring the truth into the light in, a, you know, more correct ways. And then in March, she told him she's so proud of him because he had dropped it off. So, you know, that was really exciting. Wait, so Ashley congratulated Hunter for right. having had the courage to drop off his computer because she knew that he was dropping it off with the idea that it would get out there into the world. Correct. And she was doing the same thing by writing her diary and decided to drop it off afterward. By writing her diary and decided to drop it off afterward. I mean, the storyline is there if you have the patience to read it. And that's why the copy that I built was created in such a way that you can read it as a storyline rather than just a bunch of random emails. So I actually paid his prime hooker a lot of money. All I want you to do is tell him this all goes away if he just leaves things. Tell him that he can free himself from this prison. And that is compassion.
compassion for those that probably don't deserve it either. And who are we to say who deserves it? As you see, the tax collector nobody wanted to be friends with, maybe someone that used to work with all these people that nobody likes. They just need to be called to the right place at the right time. And the thing is, you know, I, I believe that that, you know how they say that when you're, you're sad or angry, you allow room for things to come in. Um, that you allow things to enter, enter you, right? Uh, bad thoughts, evil thoughts. But sometimes there are moments in your life, just like a moment that I had in my life at one point, where you decide, well, this doesn't seem right. I think I need to change the way I part my hair. And that's when good can enter and remind you what is happening. Now, as far as Hunter was concerned, he bought a laptop in February of 2019, according to their communications. And he transferred everything in March. His sister was very proud of him. Obviously, he didn't drop it off until a couple weeks later uh, because he did delete a few things and did um, other things and loaded more things onto it. But... <sighs> It's important to understand that kind of just the way Robert Davi did, you know, he wasn't demonizing the fact that he was into hookers and cocaine and crack and all these things, right? This, this guy was trapped and he was not an extrovert. He was completely to himself. And I think the, um, and my sixth asset that he had, um, that was pretty hot and, and kind of got him into the art world, um, was able to gain a lot of information so they can have leverage, uh, which was, which was interesting. And I don't know why, um, our own FBI and CIA haven't seen that concern, but obviously, uh, the higher level, uh, FBI and CIA, um, have decided to comply with global intelligence rather than protect our national security interests. And that's a concern uh, because he would leave his devices around all these women. Uh, they would never be, uh, I would say, uh, secured. And, um, and this was a problem. I mean, it wouldn't have been a problem per se if uh, good people got their hands on it. Like, like my friend in, in California. Um, but, on the other hand, you have to think of all those instances around the world where he would abandon things or like in Kazakhstan when he was partying with the prime minister's son, uh, how many times uh, they had uh, cloned his devices and information and allowing access to our um, uh government databases. All they need is to see how the cookies work through his um computer so that they can mimic it's not a it's not rocket science and remember he'd been to china uh hanging out with their hookers and whatnot and in africa where it's pretty much chinese so uh, you know for me speaking from a perspective of national security that's a real concern right and i think that should be a concern for many uh it wasn't just the hookers and and the prostitutes and, and, and obviously the child pornography. Let's not forget 
South Africa with the family and the sausage. I, I don't even want to talk about that right now because it makes me irk. But the concerns that we should have as a nation is the fact that our national security was compromised outside of the Five Eyes Alliance for sure, given everything to China, giving everything to Russia, giving everything to anybody who had access to hookers. I mean, it only took me a couple of years and a few thousand dollars in cash to get them going. And the interesting thing is, while I was in Boston, we kind of found Hunter. And not only that, I believe that um, uh, we found uh, uh, something astonishing through the laptop. You know, a lot of these politicians and big guys like Donald Rumsfeld, and he is one of the most atrocious people that have been through our government. Everything you see on vaccines from school enforced to anthrax were all his doing. Fauci is the nobody. He just did the marching orders. The guy who actually set the plan out did it years and years ago. But the thing about them is, is that they love women. And he has an illegitimate child, which turns out to um, be linked to Biden. And that was really interesting. Very, very interesting. And that should all come out soon. Um, we're working on that to see how we can put that together because what's interesting is that there was an attachment I think for protection but also the daughter was implicated in a way with the structure it seems uh, that from a young age, they groom them because when looking at, gosh, they love their foundations and their charities and, oh, there's just so much there. And there's so much going on too. You know, there's a lot going on. Um, we have our president in DC, obviously, because we don't need them reading and having some long, you know, purpose type thing. That's going to be saved for Brennan and Clapper. Because 9-11 needs to be sorted out. And while, you know, and I, and I feel, oh, I feel um, great sadness, but also I understand the anger coming from our um, special forces, from people that have been doing this for so long. The frustration of knowing that you're on that board and it's your game to lose Remember, the devil gets in your head making you think there's a checkmate. It's God that makes sure that there isn't. So it's really, really important that all of these former, present, DOD, NSA, DIA, CIA, NRO, FBI, I can go on and on and on. Have a little bit more faith. Have a little bit more faith. This Saturday... Is very symbolic. Not only is it Constitution Day, and for those of you that love numbers, well, you know. And it's two ways. 
hardcore pain as well. Hardcore pain as well. Distributed, of course. And I noticed that a lot of people were talking about promise. I, I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago with, with Gavin, actually. And I was just like, oh, I talked about that already. It's, it's not time for that entrance to see how it's going to be moved forward. Because what you're seeing is this slow, we forgot about 9-11. We don't need to talk about 9-11. And 9-11 has not only the Twin Towers, but we got to talk about Benghazi. You know, I still have that outstanding FOIA request. I should look up and see if they actually answered it from 2019, where I asked for the communications from the annex in Italy, because then people will see that there was ample enough time to actually help, but it wasn't done because they didn't want it done. It was all planned and paid for and done. So both 9-11 mysteries, they created another one 10 years later to, you know, that would be the ideal day so they could forget about the Twin Towers. And then you have to come to think of it. And after seeing how they demonized President Trump and Julian Assange, and there's so many other people that they've demonized, but think about it. What if Osama was set up too? I am just saying, what if Osama was kind of like a Snowden? that did something, but he didn't steal, steal anything, but they just targeted him because it was so weird how they couldn't find him and all this stuff. And then they wanted us convinced that he was in Afghanistan when the mullahs were like, fuck, no, we're not taking that dude here. We're not going to be hot. So again, if people would actually pay attention to the details, you know, it would be so, so easy to see it. So easy to see it. Yeah, Osama bin Laden. He was framed square butt with all the media, kind of like COVID, kind of like President Trump, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of, right? They put him in a box and he's like, dude, what do I do? Everyone's, you know what? Yeah, let's just do it. I'll take everything they created and weaponize it against them. And what he didn't understand is that was the whole plan all along. The whole plan all along was to actually get him so angry that he uses what they had built, which was Al-Qaeda, right? And then grow it. But then you have to ask yourself, wait a minute, he did all that and he weaponized Al-Qaeda and all of these things, right? But he did it to all of the nations that they had on the list to take over, including Somalia. So it's so weird, so weird. And in the end, it was Pakistan. Oh, you mean where Obama's passport said he trained? You know, Karachi, I've been there too. Only the best go there. ISI is pretty, pretty, pretty brutal. I mean, our agencies are great, but you don't want to mess with the Pakistanis. Uh-uh-uh. Uh-uh-uh. They're one of the best. One of the best. Remember, most of the people that you call Microsoft are either Indian or Pakistani. That's the way it is. So if you actually take a 40,000 foot view, Osama helped them go to every nation on that list that they had 10 days after 9-11. So weird. While he was evading them and they couldn't catch him. That was so weird too. Now our president's in DC and I hear rumors, <laughs> you know, they better watch themselves because if they don't follow the book, I hear that there's some passport data, 
being dropped possibly and some emails that Assange didn't even have coming from places like the 44th administration. That's, that's, that's super rumors right now. I think most of this stuff anyway is triggered by events. So we have to see. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. For now, the only thing we can do is see how it goes. As you can see, the nationwide outcry from all your states that you're demanding them to do work. So bizarre. Very bizarre. Extremely bizarre, isn't it? Why are you asking us to do work? So bizarre. There's not much people can say, but it is what it is. So here is something really bizarre that came out and I'm going to show it to you and you're going to tell me that I'm wrong. So in 2020, I told Patrick Byrne, General Flynn, Joe Flynn, anybody, hey, if we don't talk about the EAC now, we're going to talk about it in two years from now. And here's an article today by the Gateway Pundit. Official complaint, pro VNV EAC voting system ta- testing lab accreditation expired in 2017. EAC officials have falsely misrepresented accreditation. Record analysis posted the documents post. Following 2020, delays, blah, blah, have act, blah. Hmm. So I want to know, right, this complaint, I mean, did they file it with my affidavit that everyone kept saying is bullshit? I'm asking for a friend. Hmm? Did they submit my affidavit that everyone said was bullshit? Because everything in there is what I said. You see, that's the difference between people that can recognize truth and didn't. And now they're going to use all my words and what I've been saying for years, right? But they don't even have the decency to at least clear my name on that article and say, you know what? She's the one that said it. No, they didn't. And you have to ask yourself why, because what I told them was, this is a very tight line to walk because this was the trap to get Trump to say that it happened because he did this. And that was their backup in case he won. And this is what needs to be exposed. And I'll say it again and again and again and again and again. And everything on my affidavit, not one thing on there can be disputed. Not one thing. And yet people don't want to admit that they built their following on trashing me. Why? Because I worked for the tax collectors and the Romans. Is that why? Makes you better? Obviously, you had no idea what was going on. Or maybe you did and you purposely smothered it. Whatever it is. God is making sure that it's coming out when it needs to. That's how the collective works. Fabricating documents. No, duh. I think we have tons and tons of hours going through that. Wait a minute. Is that the stuff for my thing? Hmm. I remember that Thought Crimes actually found the new one that they also did. Just simple PDF. But apparently Mr. Lovato's document was found too. And whoever put this together is more important than me because, you know, 
they obviously know, and I didn't. If people actually took my thing seriously and didn't kept calling me Brennan's Intel asset, get it straight, right? Let's get this straight. He was older than me. So I actually looked up to him, but he wasn't my boss, boss, right? I was representing the U.S. interests in the groups that you don't even know exist. So I'm going to make that very clear. Like I said, people like me do not exist. It's so interesting, though, how these people, whoever they are, it's good that it's out there. But I'm trying to point out how here we are back to it. And Kevin Mockla and David Cross did a great report and you should subscribe to them because they're telling you (laughs) everything we've been talking about for a very long time since the elections of 2020. It's 2022. (laughs) I actually said within two years, we'll be right here. They should have referenced how NIST is not enough, but (sighs) I mean, what do you say to this? Oh, they summed it up the best. What about my um, actual affidavit in a court suit? But they know best. You see how that goes? Coattails and all. And it's not for the credit. The question you should be asking yourself is why now? Because every other avenue was the avenue you were supposed to take to fail. And no matter how many times I said that to them, they would look the other way saying, oh, you're Brennan's Intel asset. And you know, people that are close to me within the intelligence community, journalists, you know, and friends, they're just like, you're never going to get over that. And it's like, yeah, because I introduced it like that. I should have said I'm actually a lot meaner than Brennan. I should have. But the only reason I don't like him out of all of them, and, and he was the POC, right? I mean... Other people were too, but he was the primary POC. Clapper was one of them. Hayden was another one, right? Hayden only for like two things though, right? Robert Gates, right? Yeah, yeah, know that guy. Tenet, know him too, right? Like I said, people like me don't exist. And that's what that's what's causing a lot of frustration to our intelligence community too, because they're starting to realize that there's a lot more layers to this whole thing than they knew. And that's what hurts the most when you're working for an institution and it's supposed to be transparent, especially if you have like top secret clearance and certain, you know, uh, compartmentalized access thingies and that your cat card's pretty much a 007, right? You would think you know everything, but you don't. And that's what sucks. Again, this is the problem. It's, it's, it's the same conversation you saw at the beginning of the show. And maybe we should play it again. And this is, the, I, I think it's important that you see this interaction and understand it. This is the problem that people have. They can't fathom, they can't fathom the misfit being redeemed. We live in the same. Here we go. And that's what's sad. Because their country's at stake. Therefore, their egos should be parked. Always. Same world, Matthew. Next, next. Besides, what else are you going to do with a mind like yours?
Matthew. Matthew, son of Alpheus. Yes. Follow me. Me? <laughs> yes. You. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what are you doing? You want me to join you? Keep moving, street preacher. Do you have any idea what this guy has done? Do you even know him? Yes. Listen, I said to you. What are you doing? Where do you think you're going, guys? Let me go. Have you lost your mind? You have money. Quintus protects you. No Jew lives as good as you. You're going to throw it all away. Yes. I don't get it. You didn't get it when I chose you either. But this is different. I'm not a tax collector. Get used to different. I'm glad we passed by your booth today, Matthew. Yes. Shall we? We have a celebration to prepare for. You will regret this, Matthew. What's the tablet for? I grabbed it without thinking. You can put it back. No, no, keep it. You may yet find use for it. Where are we going? A dinner party. I'm not welcome at dinner parties. But that's, that's not, not going, going to be a problem tonight. You're the host. Hey, it's Dallas. So, see, the most unexpected people are coming out of the woodwork. And everyone does have a choice. And when you see your opportunity, you have to measure it out. You go all in. Always. Always. And, you know... Just like the Roman told him, I mean, you're special. Like, you're not good for anything else except for crunching numbers and doing what we tell you in this box, hidden away from society. Because people like you don't exist. And it's like, yeah, well, watch me. And that's why I went back to school at 30. And I'll tell you what, so many laboratories that I went to, I couldn't even find where, where they were going to throw it from. That's how smart they were. Because that wasn't even my domain, right? I just knew. I just knew. And I say it all the time. It's not fair to say, well, you know, I knew all this. I knew the turkey stuff because that was always in the plan. I knew all this stuff that was always in the plan, right? Because I helped write those scripts. So it's not like, you know, I'm a great reporter or investigative. I guess some of the stuff that I'm diving into that I never had any access to, right? But when I put it out there, it's not for anyone to just listen to me, but for other people to take it and, you know, use it at the time that I put it out because it's an important thing to put out, right? I'm not a, I, I think I'm an okay investigative journalist. Let's just put it that way. Okay. I'm pretty good at investigating things because I'm great at patterns, right? But even for this election stuff, 
because people actually just looked at what I gave them. And what I said was, this is the simplest avenue. All we need to do is walk into court and say they violated a congressionally passed act. End of story. The elections would have been fixed. But, you know, God has a different way of doing things. And I think it was important for people to see just how far they'll go. And especially with what's coming. And I'm glad that the president is in D.C. Because we don't need all that. And I'm pretty sure they're the ones that agreed to that, too. Because they know the repercussions. Oh, it's coming. It's coming hard and it's coming fast and it's scary. It's very, very scary. Very scary. And I want all of you out there to know, right? All of you out there to know that no matter what you've done yesterday, no matter what you did a minute ago, no matter what you did five minutes ago, you don't have to be that person you were a minute ago. That's the beauty of life. So don't let anyone tell you you can't turn a page because that's exactly what you do when you're writing your story. You're turning freaking pages and you decide what chapter you write. And if you're a cop out, right, like most of these politicians, even the ones that pretend to be on our side, because Chuck, I've got a bone to pick with you. I know you've been sitting there idly watching everything and I know you've been a good, solid proponent, but it's not enough. When are you going to get out of that cage and say, yeah, here, take the key, take the ring, I'm out. That's what we need. That's what we need. That is exactly what we need. And I know I, uh, from all my Muslim and Jewish and, 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 and Hindu listeners, you know, they actually look at the stories of Jesus and, and they may not believe, but they love the lessons. And in the end, right, the conversation I had with an imam actually yesterday the imam was telling me, Tori, you know, you're making me see our text differently too. And I'm an imam and this is haram just saying it. But, you know, it's, it's, it's thought provoking to see how throughout the ages, whatever scriptures we've been sitting by have been tweaked and done and weaponized. And this is why we should live the word, not know the words. Because when you actually embody the words, you can filter out what's been you know, kind of weaponized and what hasn't, right? And that's the way it is, always, every single one. And so, you know, I, I, I saw someone, shoot, I forget where, saying something like, oh, even a clock is wrong, you know, right twice a day. Girl, stop. You got to look at my track record because my shit's more than twice a day. And when people say stuff like that, I realize that the thing is they bank their whole reputation on hitting on me. And now they know it's a matter of time before it gets shattered. And hey, I warned. And I said, hey, why don't you just arm the people to start clogging up their systems with demands for transparency, filing all these lawsuits? Why are you going to sit there and watch? I'm going to be a poll watcher. So nobody cares. Nobody cares if you're watching the polls. You're not going to do any. Oh, we're watching. You're not going to watch shit because they can ghost you out. They've got quantum already and you don't. Okay. And we just watched Arizona. Huh? How many days for 20% of one county? Get out of here. 
and you're going to sit there and watch what are you getting into the machine, looking at the trap door, or you can tell the DHS agents to stop, you know, doing what they could get out of here. Do you remember Pennsylvania? They were putting up literal physical barriers so you don't watch, even though it was unconstitutional for them to do that. When I hear things, you know, that I'm like, look, dude, <laughs> in a normal society, I'd be like, yo, more power to you. But this isn't normal. This is definitely not normal. And you've got to get used to the different. And that's the problem. You know, people have so much to say rather than say, you know what, maybe I was wrong. I say it all the time when I'm wrong. All the time. All the time I say it when I'm wrong. Why can't other people own their mistakes? So much easier. No one's going to hate you for making a mistake. We all mess up. Anyone telling you they've never made a mistake, never did anything wrong is a liar. That's the way it is. They're a liar. And again, ha, huh, and I said this so many times in the past, it had to be this way. Not just from the voting, but even from the vaccines where people are like, well, Trump did this. You have no idea what he was up against. You have no idea what he was up against. No idea. What he did was the best outcome. He can't tell you to go to. He was promoting it. So is he your mom? Is he you? Do you not have free will? Huh? You need, but you need President Trump or Biden or the TV to tell you what to do. Are you serious? That's how seriously you take your health, right? So I'm a little bit wound up today too because, you know, Phoebe's finding it extremely hard in one of her classes. Her teacher refuses to actually teach her. Uh, she asked him for some help. <sighs> so, you know, I had to go to superintendent. I went straight to the school board and I was like, listen, First of all, you didn't do this, and this is a legal issue. Please don't make me sue you again. We're already in open litigation right now. And I've already proven the fact that you all lied because I said the only reason you were masking our kids was for money. And you all sat there with your lawyers and perjured yourself saying that I was talking stupid. But in February, I actually published the, uh, you know, the letter from, from you know, the U.S. Treasury that literally said you were only getting money if you masked them, right? So who's the liar now, right? Still waiting on that case, by the way. So I said, so, you know, if you want to go into litigation, I'm more than happy to. And, oh, you know, nah, nah, nah. so then the assistant principal called me because Phoebe was there. She was so upset, blowing up my phone with texts. And she was like, well, you know, your daughter's upset or whatever. And I was like, listen, I don't know. I don't know why you guys are discriminating against my kid, but unfortunately I can't even use the word discrimination because she's the wrong skin color. And she was like, oh, I'm so shocked. She started using the same speech that all of these teach America sunrise movement teachers, you know, the ones that push all this CRT shit to our kids started saying to me. And I was like, I know she's not trying to work me. I was like, listen, she's like, well, I'm fairly new. Yeah. And, and so it's not you just you, right? It's the whole school system. I don't care how much money you get. The problem that we have is he's getting paid to teach her and that's exactly what he's not doing because he might not like her. So mom frustrations, you know, we really need to pass laws for political discrimination. 
And we need to get that and lobby the shit out of that in Congress. Because in the future, we're going to have a lot more parties and we can't have that. Because we will have your Bernie bros. We will have your you anarchists. We're going to have, we're still going to have your commies. This is America. This is what's about free speech that we can have whatever we want, right? But um, uh, we need to really get that on the books because discrimination isn't just color. It's the way you look and, you know, the way you respond to things, how you vote. And that's the thing, you guys. Don't you get it? They've put us on these e-polling books, right, where they have all your information. So they can gather your data. They know exactly how you vote. Therefore, they can target you. Well, I know you didn't vote for me and I'm your city counselor. And so I'm going to make your life a living hell because you and your 20 family members and friends didn't vote for me. And here we go. And they've got that all documented. All they have to do is be in the club to see it. This is why we need to get rid of the political parties in general. That's why I said we're going to have a bunch of political representation because it's going to be just people. And that's the way America should have been from the get go without taking from England with the stupid parties that then answer to the queen. In this case, in America, we have the stupid parties that answer to the fourth unelected branch of government that's colluding, you know, with our United Nations. Then we have Sydney, Sydney, why do I keep saying that? Cindy McCain, you know, who's representing us at the UN. Oh, how, oh my gosh. You know, in Rome, ambassador. Oh, so amazing. At the Vatican, ambassador. Cindy McCain, right? And we're giving all this money to the UN that is trying to destroy us. And just to say, with King Charles, I mean, he's the trilogy, right? He's the third, right? You know how those end. That's the end of a saga when you have a trilogy. Just saying. And all the Charleses didn't work out so well. So, Cindy McCain is helping Biden, right? She's been appointed by Biden, just so you guys know, just in case you were confused about the Uniparty. I'll just show it to you right there. You know, the one that takes all these delegations to other countries. Let me show you how they vote. It's so free and controlled, and we can pick our people, right? So, we're giving a ton of money to the UN, a ton of money to Ukraine, and we do not consent. Like, guys, all you have to say, I do not consent. Those are the magic words that an American citizen can 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 say out loud in any situation. You get stopped by a cop, I do not consent. When they're like, do you have a problem with me checking your car? I don't consent. Even if you don't have a problem, you don't have to say, no, I don't have a problem because that can actually be misconstrued as, oh, you just gave me permission. I do not consent. I do not consent to the machines. I do not consent to my money being sent to Ukraine. I do not consent to this. I do not consent to that because right now we've got China whispering in North Korea's ear, send off that long range missile. Please send it to Iran and not to the West Coast, please. Because, hey, England has been diffused. Why would the Chinese want to take us out i mean they could because we're weak now not because we are our military it's like they're all what is it called flaccid right limp right where are they where's the hair on their chest right we're so devout to feminism it almost makes you think like they want everyone to be a girl and then they want women to be butchy boys but not really boys whereas it was so awesome as a woman right that this is what I crave, that I have someone super strong to look after me, 
women were protected by men. They would go out and work and dig and make railways and bust their asses to bring the bacon home so that the woman can raise the family and keep the house in check. That takes more time than going out to a nine to five job. They'd hang from skyscrapers. I want equality. Well, why don't you go hang from a skyscraper? Maybe I will. Maybe you won't because you're not that good. Women, oh, this feminism stuff is driving me insane because they're pushing all the men to become girls. They're all betas. I, was a, I had a serious conversation with a friend of mine. She was like, you know, you're, you've been single way too long. I was like, dude, there's like no guy. There's like no men, men, men with hair on their chest, you know, that I don't have to take care of. And, and that's because I'm always, I, I've always been independent and, you know, had a, a, a matriarchal kind of type family, but I was the one working, right? And I see that a lot. They destroyed the family unit so that the overlords can control it. Because the minute you and your husband are working, you know, your kids have to go to the school system and we've got it. And I told you when it started with social security. No, that was great. No, it wasn't. Because then you didn't have the burden of looking after your parents. So you just cut the cord right there. Hey, mom, dad, you get pennies on a dollar. And maybe if you need help, I might help you, right? Because we have a ton of kids right now in the United States that are Gen Xers and some boomers that aren't looking after their really elderly parents. They're allowing them to get on to Medicaid thinking, well, they'll die at some point and I'll get the house. No, you won't. The state will take it. That's where BlackRock got most of their stuff from, you know, state recovery. So it was Social Security that actually was the nail in the coffin because this is how they gave you numbers to identify their cattle, right? And then you didn't have to take care of your mom and dad, right? There we go. There you go. And that's it. After that, it was all coming down after that. And that's the problem that we have. In society, we have a lot of, we have more beta males than we do alpha males. And alpha males are, damn, I want to go back to the 40s. Where it was like, girl, make me a sandwich. And the girl was like, yeah, I want to make you a sandwich. Why? Because you went out there and sweat. You went out there and almost died working so that I can have my nice teapot, my tea set, and to get my hair and nails done while I take care of the kids. That's a job I want to have. Like if I ever was able to be recycled on my next mission, definitely want to be taken care of. Um, totally want that. And I know a lot of, um, a lot of, um, women out there feel the same way too, you know, to actually feel like they're contributing to society. Cause that is a contribution to society by understanding that you're raising children. You're raising people that are going to get into society and contribute to it. You want them to be smart. You want them to be respectful. You want them to understand how important it is to be an individual right? And be able to work with others, right? You want them to, uh, you know, you know, so you're sowing the seeds for tomorrow and you need two people to do that. And that's why God created man and woman, right? You need two parts. The woman is like the everything, right? And that's what, that's why men should never hit women. This is why men should always be protecting women. That's the problem we have in general. And, you know, when I speak about the Medicaid thing, I'm being dead serious. I, 
did that for many years on the side where I would do, uh, you know, Medicare, Medicare interpreting calls and it would break my heart and it would more break my heart when I would hear the elderly person saying, I want to ask my kid because they yell at me or, you know, or then they get conned into getting into these to get, you know, oh, don't worry, your state will pay your Medicare Part B, which is fine because it's not full Medicaid, but it's just one breath away. So then when you're comfortable with that, they'll be like, you can get extra help and extra help is here's your food stamps. Here's where we pay for everything. And now we own your home. And this is why they ask them a barrage of questions like, hey, do you have stock? Do you have a money market account? Do you have this? And it's like red flag right there when the government is asking you for all this information. And so again, family from not taking care of your parents, you know, and giving the burden to the government to not even having to take care of your kids. This is what happened. Women were stronger back in the early 1900s while they were home. And a lot of people were like, no, women were surprised. Yeah, because men felt not capable, you know? You'd have the woman looking all hot with her red lipstick and cooking your dishes with her apron. And then when you got behind closed doors, it would be like, damn, dominatrix, what's up? That's that's usually the tales you read. I kid you not. You should go through some of the CIA files. I'm just saying where they have like these psychological questions, right? I'm just saying that's the real thing. It's about, um, what is it? Small energy, right? <laughs> so just I just wanted to put that on there. I just wanted to put that out there on the whole feminism side because all these women are so oppressed. Ocasio-Cortez is oppressed. Her dad worked her ass off so she could be a bartender and lie to people. She's one of the greatest psyops I've ever seen created. Whoever invented her was a genius because she's like loose cannon right now. (laughs) And it's like, damn. But then on the other hand, they created some false ones on the right too. And those are there just to blow us up, kind of like Crenshaw. Remember when I called him out and everyone's like, how could you say that? He's like a veteran. So (laughs) do you have any ideas how many generals and admirals have betrayed you? So and they've dedicated like 40 years. So I'm just saying. So when we look at society as a whole, right, just now, just take the 40,000 foot view. Our president obviously is going to be announced to be arrested at some point. Will they let him out? Because if they keep him in, I'm telling you, I heard that passport shit's going to be all over the place. And so are some emails. And, you know, that's what I heard. I just saw it on the chan board somewhere. Just saw it on the chan board somewhere. On the chan board. Take the 40,000 foot view, guys. Take a look at what's really going on. Because it's going to be crazy. I already told you about the Marshall Islands. And you remember that false alarm from Hawaii, right? That was a test. It's going to be really bad. And what we need to do is keep pounding them, emails, letters, filings, just file the shit out of anything. All of you just go and just file it, file a lawsuit, find something, do something, just do it. More we do it, the more outrage they get. I mean, how dare they ask us to do our job? How dare they? And I'm so glad that Lindell put together something. I know it's a little bit confusing, but you know, at least we're doing something. Rather than just sharing funny memes and sitting there, oh, someone's going to help us, right? That's what you told everyone because you thought you had it in the bag, didn't you? That's the problem. You didn't have it in the bag. 
people like me that don't exist could have told you that. But because we don't exist, you don't recognize that. That's the importance of it. Sometimes there's just things you don't know. And you have to accept that. I'm okay with that. There are things that I'm not aware of. And I'm okay with that. But as you can see, from a 40,000 foot view, right? Things are easily understood and digested, especially in a time like this. I can't express to you over the past six years the amount of misinformation put out and being claimed to be actual. Now, don't get me wrong, some misinformation is a handy tool. It is. But at some point, it has to stop. And some people have taken steps to remedy that. Some people have decided that they need to rip the Band-Aid off. Some people have decided to step back from what they thought was the right way. And it wasn't with ill intention, but it was for themselves. They all want to be back into government. It's not all bad, but it is some part selfish. And many of them that have a fancy computer, whoever your operator is, whatever they hear, whatever their perspective is, that's how you get your answers. So sometimes that computer tells you things because of your bias. It is very difficult to be objective, especially in a time of confusion, of misinformation like now. You're being told how to think and what to say. You're being told who to follow and who to listen to because they're important. You're not. The most important person right now in this war is you. And it's not about President Trump. It's not about your blue, red, whatever color check mark you want. It's about you. And you are the most important thing that can stop this all. That is all. That is all. Just you and your small action. I remember on Twitter, my most favorite pin, and I always had it, was when my dad had told me, he's like, be that one drop. See, when you have a glass of water filled, right, it could be all the way to the top. It only takes one drop to make the water spill. One. One drop. Collectively. We are drops that can cause the flood. And that's what's important. It's not about one big drop. It's about all the drops together in one glass, making that overflow and flood it, flood it out, flush it out. The truth, always, always. And I think to end this, because I don't want to say much today, one, I'm busy, but two, there's a lot that I may slip on that I shouldn't. So I'm going to keep it short. This is one of the best conversations. John 3.16. Again, I'm playing from Chosen. I want you to listen to the conversation. This conversation is key to understand what's happening today. I hope this helps you. It loves the world in this way. That he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. 
Hey, it's Dallas. I'm the creator of The Chosen, and the scene you are about to see is the scene, the most impactful and famous chapter in the Bible, John chapter 3, the conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus. Now, what you're about to see will not only be the gospel captured accurately, but you'll also see the historical context, the cultural context, and the personal human context that we added that was set up by the previous six episodes. So enjoy the scene as it is. But if you want to get the full impact as to why this scene was so powerful, be sure to watch the entire season one of The Chosen. Check this out. I don't know where to start. I have so many questions. I... Shall we sit first? Oh, yes, of course. The Eastern Slums. Hmm. Many wandering preachers have succeeded in gathering crowds with their rhetoric and fiery tone. I've heard a few of them over the years myself. So you know the type. Mm -hmm. But I have never heard anyone tell a paralytic to get up and walk, much less it actually happened. So what is your conclusion? I believe you are not acting alone. No one can do these signs you do without having God in him. Only someone who has come from God. And how is that belief going over in the synagogue? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we are here at this hour. What else? Have you come here to show us a kingdom? That is what our rulers are worried about. No, not that kind. Then what? A sort of kingdom that a person cannot see unless he is born again. Born again? Yes. You mean like a new creature? A conversion from Gentile to Jewish? No. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Then what is born again? <sighs> I hope you don't mean return to the womb, because that would be a problem for me. My mother, and she rest in peace, is dead. Truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. That part of you, that, is what must be reborn to new life. How can these things be? Ah, a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things. Huh? I'm trying, Rabbi. I know. I know. Do you hear this? you hear? The wind? How do you know it's the wind? Because I can feel it. I hear its sound. Do you know where it comes from? No. Do you know where it's going? No. That's what it is to be born again of the Spirit. The Spirit may work in a way that is a mystery to you. And while you cannot see the Spirit, you can recognize His effect. 
mind is consumed with thoughts of what a stir these words would cause among the teachers of the law. Yes, and I do not expect otherwise. I speak of what I know and have seen, and it has not been received by the religious leaders. It is hard to receive. So if I have told you of earthly things, and you do not believe, how can I tell you heavenly things? I believe your words. I just fear you may not have a chance to speak many more of them before you are silenced. I have come to do more than speak words, Nicodemus. More miracles? Yes. But even more than that. Do you remember when the children of Israel complained against God and against Moses in the wilderness of Paran? Yes. They wanted to return to Egypt and they cursed the manna that God sent them. And then? They were bitten by serpents. And they were dying. But? But God made a way for them to be healed. Moses lifted the bronze serpent in the desert. And people only needed to look at it. So will the Son of Man be lifted up. So that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Our people are not dying from snake bites. They're dying from taxation and oppression. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I did not come to deliver the people from Rome. Then from what? From sin. From spiritual death. God loves the world in this way. That he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish. But have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome. It's all about... Sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. It's as simple as Moses' serpent on the pole. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Have you ever heard anything like this before? Shh. When I met Lilith, Mary, that day, I told my wife and my students I said she was beyond human aid. Only God could have healed her. And then I saw her healed. And here you are. The healer. I, my whole life. I wondered if I would see this day. Follow me, and you'll see more. Are you? Join me and my students. In two days' time, we leave Capernaum. Come see the kingdom I am bringing into this world. But I... I, I can't. You have a position in the Sanhedrin. You have family. You are getting advanced in years. <laughs> I understand. But the invitation is still open. The invitation to what exactly? To lead a nomadic life? To, to give up who I am? It's true. There is a lot you would give up. But what you would gain... 
far greater and more lasting. Is this another one of your born-again mysteries? <laughs> uh, maybe. I know mysteries aren't easy for a scholar. Think about it. Hmm? Take your time. On the morning of the fifth day, we leave and we'll meet by the well in the southern quarter. Kingdom of God really coming? What does your heart tell you? My heart is swollen with fear and wonder. You can tell me nothing except that I am standing on holy ground. So that's one of the most touching scenes, I have to say, for those of you that are watching it, probably as me, emotional. But I want you to think of it for a second outside of the context of Christianity. See what he was telling him. Yeah, you're a scholar and it's really hard for you to understand things that you don't know, right? Because it is. For many people, it's really hard. You believe that all these, you know, people that are in certain positions. No. Yagavario. So I speak. And sometimes I feel like it's deaf ears. It's so simple. In all these holy scriptures, no matter what denomination, the message is always the same. And this is exactly where we're at. It's only, I guess, a 2022 version. People need to understand that sometimes the simplest way to victory is by simply having faith and not believe they know everything. I, you know, six years, man, I've been struggling with this thing called ego. When you're a person that can assist in destroying nations. I mean, and you know, I say this comically, but I mean it. You know, when you peed in a 24 solid gold toilet. You kind of think you own the world. I'm just saying. And it's been a real struggle for me. And I know that this is why I'm like Cassandra, you know, saying and saying and no one's listening. And and this is my cross to bear, to redeem myself. I know, boy, does that ego really hurt me. And I want to be petty. But I can't. Because it's not about me. Just like me being Secretary of State, it's not about me. It's about the people. 
And, you know, there's a lot of people that are going to go through some serious ego death because, you know, it did say in two years will be, you know, it, it was actually something that I said, and I don't know if Millie still has this, but I said to her, I feel like I'm the tax collector. This is in December. And I'm like shunned, like, you know, and it was really weird because all these people that claim to believe in God and stuff, they're not really like Christian, <laughs> you know, it's like they shun those seeking redemption. Oh, look who you work with, work with. He wasn't like seriously my boss. He was the POC for the United States on that inner circle. Not even the council of foreign relations people know. I mean, well, two of them on it are actually part of the inner circle, but whatever. Uh, but they would never admit that anyway, but they shunned me for requesting redemption and trying to help. And, you know, anyone that's strong in faith would never have done that. They would have just seen it as information. That's why I kept saying, you can hate me all you want right now, but you're going to love me later. Just look at my info. And, you know, I know God keeps me. And in the end, I already know he already won. It's just when is that end point? How long do we have to drag it out? Because the kingdom of God could have been here over 2000 years ago, but it didn't because of people, uh, you know, intervening. We're at this point. And I, I, in December, I, I said, you know, we'll be here in two years talking about it. Exactly what I said. And here we are two years later. And that's the way it is. Because, you know, I am that tax collector. I totally identify with Matthew in that scene. Um, and this is why I really like the series too, because it, 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 it allows people that don't agree with Christianity or don't see it as the light and don't see it as the way to digest it and, and, and feel more confident in it. Because, you know, remember these, this is, think of it this way and I can't blame them. Right. But I can, because it's like, but you pander that you have faith. But like, for example, there's people that have been, you know, within uh, the federal government for a while, other people that are, have been contracting for a while, other people that have served the country in the capacity of intelligence, other people that have been, you know, uh, global reporters, whatever, right? And they all have their pool of knowledge. And so, you know, when you, when you see their pool of knowledge, right, and you're just like, okay, well, why don't you just forget what you know and keep learning? Because when you stop learning, that's when you cease to be productive as an individual. You always need to keep learning. And it's so hard sometimes to reach out to people that think they know every facet of it because this is all they know. Yes, if you live in an apartment, you're going to know that apartment inside out. But do you know the building? Do you know every corner of the building? Obviously not. And so you can't really fault but you can, but you can't because that's humankind. And so keep, in, keep this in mind when listening to this clip. You can't really fault them because they're trying to save themselves too. Ego death is not something fun. I've just been spared to not have to go in one hit blow. Others that use the words but aren't the way won't have it very easy. Cortez weighing in on her future, her political future and presidential ambitions as GQ's newest cover girl. 
Another reason to get GQ, I guess, the progressive congresswoman claiming she won't go on to run the country. She won't go on to run the country because, quote, my experience here has given me a front row seat to how deeply and unconsciously and as well as consciously so many people in this country hate women. She really loves this, doesn't it? Then she bemoaned her job in Congress saying, imagine working a job and your bosses don't like you and folks on your team are suspicious of you. And then the competing company is trying to kill you. <laughs> so we have set up Very a conversation uplifting. for our buddy at 8 p.m. Eastern time, Tucker Carlson, who joins us right now. You know what, Tucker? AOC's got a lot to say. <laughs> They're trying to kill me. They hate me. They just don't like women. Really? Who hates women? <laughs> I've never met anyone who hates women. Not yet. Most men actually really like women, <laughs> um, <laughs> as far as I know. Uh, but look, she's very easy to make fun of. But I think the key thing to remember is this works. A. B, she means it. She's sincere in this. She's so wrapped up into her own narrative. She really believes she is a victim. And C, clearly she thinks she's going to be president. She has a sense of her own destiny. And I think it would be a huge mistake to underestimate someone like this. I think she's very talented. I obviously think she's ludicrous. We mock her mercilessly. It's well-deserved. She's an utter fraud. She's not a populist or a voice of the oppressed. Of course not. She's a tool of the people already in charge. But I also think she has a political future. And conservatives would be very unwise to dismiss her as just a fad. She's more than that. And I think, you know, I think she is going to run for president. And I think at some point she has a pretty good shot of winning. So, I, you know, I wouldn't blow her off as a minor phenomenon. But she really doesn't have much of a constituency outside Queens. I don't even think she's ever in Queens. Uh, right. So I and when she tries to endorse a candidate, it doesn't really go too well. No, but she is a master of social media mm -hmm. and she has the kind of appearance of transparency. I mean, she did this very famous video of herself applying makeup. And I didn't get it at first and, of course, made fun of it because it's just narcissism on parade. Watch, you know, as if we're interested in watching her apply makeup. Can you imagine anything more tedious than that? But there is something about that that's very compelling. And again, she believes that she has a destiny, that she is at some point going to ascend to high office. And, I, you know, I've watched a lot of this over 30 years and the people who wind up winning are the ones who are completely convinced on, a, on the most basic level that they're going to be in charge in the end, who really, I hate to say it, who believe in themselves. So as absurd as she is, I see her and I think, wow, this person actually has a shot. And that's terrifying because, I mean, she's a ridiculous narcissist with no record of achieving anything, right. only destroying things. That's the only like negative. It's, it's bad. It's scary. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, she, so she talked, talked about, about how this country hates women. I agree. I okay. So we're talking about her, right? And how bad she is. But we actually have a candidate that actually made it on the GOP ticket because the GOP really doesn't care about that district. And no one's really talking about her. I mean, Dick Morris did endorse her. And I would totally vote for Tina if I was in her district. And people in New York should be voting for her. I freaking love her. A wife, mother, grandmother, and small business owner. I'm running for Congress to challenge the establishment and fight for you. We have all witnessed the liberal elites and their hypocrisy. We're going to Met Gala. They locked us in our homes, gave us curfews. And Mayor de Blasio tweeting that what happened here was unacceptable. This will not be tolerated and that he has instructed the NYPD 
to proceed immediately to summons or even arrest those who gather in large groups. Well, they roam free and went on vacations. Nancy Pelosi is under fire today after a surveillance video shows her at a hair salon. They ordered us to go without haircuts as they went to salons. They demanded we avoid crowds, wear masks while they partied in crowds maskless. Squad member Jamal Bowman and New York City Mayor Eric Adams both caught maskless after telling everybody to follow the rules and doubling down on mask mandates for schools. They even forced our children to wear masks in school all day. Stacey Abrams causing a huge uproar over this photo in a room full of young masked children. While they posed and grinned right next to them because the rules don't apply to them. What we're doing to kids is unnecessary and horrible. They mandated vaccines telling us to trust the science but ignored and lied about science of natural immunity. It violates bodily autonomy when we allow corporations or governments to tell us what is best for our health. That is a scary place to be. They scolded us not to celebrate Christmas or Thanksgiving with our families or while they made trips to see their own families. They closed small businesses but allowed major corporations to stay open. They told us who was essential and who was not. They ruined our economy, crushed the American dream for so many, and took our freedoms. Yes, it involves tough restrictions. But they didn't care because the rules never applied to them. I've been a voice in New York for those who could not speak out. I've taken on de Blasio, Cuomo, and Hochul. Now I'm taking on AOC, right where I was born and raised, in the Bronx. I'll never be silenced. I'll call out these hypocritical politicians, and I'll never stop fighting for freedom. Join me in this fight at Tina40ForCongress.com. See, I just hope Tina doesn't fall into the GOP hole. But if Tucker was really serious about AOC being a threat, he'd have Tina on and he would have her on and he would have her talk. And you know what? She doesn't need to read a script. I've heard Tina speak before she decided to run for Congress. Tina, fuck the script. You are the script. And don't listen to anyone else telling you to ship and shape because people will love you for who you are. You don't have to fit the mold they tell you. You be you. And the people know that you will fight for them. And therefore, therefore, people will vote for you. You just need to be yourself. Don't try to be someone you're not. That's it. And uh, just so you know, your last name says it all, Tina. So I wish her the best. Tina should be on Tucker. She should be across America right now. Well, in New York, at least, because she is a voice from New York. She is a voice that speaks up and, uh, you know, she got lucky and she got on the GOP ticket because nobody fought last time. They were going to have Pappas and he sat out of it like they don't even throw money at it. She doesn't need it because the people don't want AOC. Right. And all she has to do is be herself and she could swear she could be herself because that's what people want. They want authentic people. They don't want you super polished. You know, the times for that or over, it's time to start flipping the tables and it's time to be yourself. And no matter how rugged you are, that's what people love. And that's what got President Trump elected. And because he was funding it, they couldn't tell him what to do. Don't let the people with the purse strings tell you what to do, Tina. Keep true to yourself. I'll have her on. I don't have her contact info, but I'd have Tina on. I, I freaking love her. I have people in her district all the time and they're like, we don't see a lot of Tina. And I'm like, you know, 
I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll try to see if I can get a hold of her. Um, I should have her on because she is a force to be reckoned with. And like he said, he's right. Nobody should underestimate AOC. And obviously, they're going to be using the machines. But regardless, we just want her real self. That's exactly what we want. And that's why I was, you know, even though I disagree with the things that Code Monkey Z, Ron Watkins did and how, you know, he's going to have an ego death soon too. You know, uh, the, the point of the matter is he would have done the best that he could for America. And that's why I would have voted for him because he would be way better than whatever the alternatives were. And that's the way it is. Um, on another note, I just wanted to share something ugh, campaign related, which was actually quite funny. Let me see if I can find it. So there was an article that the Cleveland, um, cleveland.com actually put out. And I was actually shocked because it was at least honest. And it wasn't, um, obviously, they use the worst picture ever. Like, come on. I don't need help looking rounder than I am. Thanks. Um, but I think it was at the point that we were told that we need to like leave uh, the courtroom because I wasn't allowed to to be in there. Let me share this article. Hold on so you could see it. Um, so it was actually quite interesting because they were like, hey, the title is how Ohio stacks the system against independent and minor party candidates, which is true. And so LaRose used Ohio's voter protest law, which allows voters to protest candidates to do his dirty work. Now, here's the thing. The way the protest law works is that the person protesting has to do the work. But instead, it was a massive law firm that was already tried and found unconstitutional. Now, just so you guys know, I know I have my writ mandamus, but I also have a federal suit and I'm going to sue the shit out of the Ohio GOP and LaRose in his own capacity for his campaign for doing this to me because I should get paid back all that, all that campaign money and personal money that has gone to this lawsuit, right? To me fighting it when it shouldn't have happened that way because I had way more. So it was, it was, it was a fair article and that was so, it was so impartial. It, and this is exactly what we need. So whoever this Mark Brown is, thank you. Cause we need impartiality. I don't need anyone to endorse me, but they should be talking about the things that we have going on in our, um, states and on our elections. You know, election fraud happens not only at the ballot box, but at the petition stage. And this is it. Ohio's GOP protested, claiming through the lawyers that dozens of the signatures should be ruled invalid because Ohio law requires strict compliance with signature collection rules. Finding a dozen to throw out isn't hard, especially with a sympathetic hearing officer who, in my case, was a retired Republican Supreme Court justice who, by the way, was totally corrupt. There's like a ton of that out there. And not only that, his son or grandson is representing Frank LaRose in the Supreme Court for his corrupt redistricting practices, right? So weird. And Brickler and Eckler, the law firm, was also Amanda Grandjean's old employer. And they actually work with a lot of people that are in, uh, you know, regarding elections. So, so weird. And the Ohio GOP, of course. So anyway, um, they were... Um, 
It says here, any small mistake can suffice. Using a county rather than a city to identify one's resident, for example, it's a common reason to throw out a signature. So is providing an incorrect date or using a new or differing address for what's on file with election officials. Remember, they contested me on 65. On the day that they had present evidence, it was 54. And then it went down to 18. And in the end, I was invalidated for 17, which was their biggest mistake. Now, It says, worse yet, Ohio's protest system is biased against minor candidates in even more fundamental way. Major party protesters are allowed to contest each and every previously validated signature, but minor minor candidates are afforded no opportunity to prove that previously invalidated signatures are legitimate. You see where I'm going with this? Because we were trying to say, well, you threw that out and you shouldn't have. Oh, that's okay. So all we did was send them an email. Oh, so you're disenfranchising the person that signed it because you felt like throwing it out. Oops, let me correct it. Because there are federal laws covering this and people don't enforce them. Maris's attempt to submit proof that two or three dozen of her supporter signatures were incorrectly rejected by the local election board was dismissed out of hand by the hearing officer, which, mind you, LaRose, the hearing officer and the law firm said that I had a way to actually prove that those falsely invalidated signatures were actually valid. They said, no, 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 she has other methods to show it, which is not true. So the secretary of state lied. The attorney general lied. The the Supreme Court retired justice lied. The GOP lied and their lawyers lied. So anyway, um, so, so much for impartial justice. Perhaps Maris can take solace in the fact that she's not alone. Ohio's protest process has produced a number of minor party victims over the last few years. Ralph Nader in 2004 was successfully protested by the Ohio Democrats using lawyers from Washington, D.C. firm Kirkland and Ellis, along with dozens of local operatives. Democrats fanned out across Ohio to threaten voters who signed Nader's presidential petition and made spurious legal arguments that were later ruled unconstitutional by federal court. Ohio's GOP did the same thing to the 2014 libertarian candidates for governor, Charlie Earl and attorney general, Steve Lindenberry in Ohio. Republicans enjoyed the assistance of a Republican secretary of state, John Houston and his Republican hearing officer to remove the libertarians. They even went so far as to dupe a libertarian into fronting their protest and lying about the GOP's involvement. It turned out that unbeknown to the dupe libertarian, the GOP supplied his lawyers and paid them close to $600,000 for their efforts. Subsequent sanctions imposed by federal court on lawyers for their antics was little solace to the libertarian party, which had lost its top of the ticket candidates. Whatever one thinks of Maris, her exclusion from Ohio ballot reeks of political gamemanship. Local election boards ruled that she had collected enough signatures. Even if some were false positives, that is to be expected with thousands of signatures. False negatives, meaning legitimate signatures that are incorrectly ruled invalid, are also to be expected. If there is to be a second look, as Ohio insists, a candidate must be allowed to prove that the signatures were wrongfully invalidated. Denying a candidate that opportunity is consistent with common motions of due process. There you go. The time has come to abandon Ohio's antiquated protest system. It is inherently biased against minor candidate. It allows bullies to throw enormous resources at underdogs. It perpetuates Ohio's continuing political duopoly. It denies candidates due process. Maris's exclusion is another un- unfortunate example. Now, 
He's taught constitutional law for 35 years at Capital um, University Law School. Um, you know, it was a quite sound article, very straightforward, and that's the way it's done. But he's right. Due process is exactly where I'm going, and I am going to sue for damages too. Because what they do is, you're a little candidate, you only have twenty thousand. I'm going to drain you dry, your campaign things, so you could just keep paying attorneys. And thank God I have people that contributed to my campaign because I'm able to file the federal suit. That shit's going straight to SCOTUS. So, uh, and it's not about me. It's about making this right so it never happens again. And if by luck, Ohio is lucky enough to have me for Secretary of State, damn, this state is a state that people are going to be looking at. You think Florida is a big deal? Huh? Wait till we change the, the way elections are done here. No more party favoring. No more you get 1,000 and everybody else 5,000. Everybody gets even more signatures now. Now you're going to need 10,000 to get on the ballot. Oh, no, that's a lot. Too bad. That's how it is. Redistricting, it's going to make sense. I have no business in downtown Cleveland with Akron. How the heck is that built in? Why don't I have it with East Cleveland? Why is my district not West Cleveland? Why is it down in Akron? All of these things will be taken care of by me. And not only that, when it comes to business, it's going to be one of the most transparent things. It, no computers in elections, no scanning of ballots. Yeah. And we're going to count Miss Karen where people can't count, right? This is how it is. And if he wants to play putt putt games and he wants to delay it, then we're not having elections in Ohio until this gets sorted. And that's the way it has to happen because somebody's got to stand up. So many people across the nation got knocked out, knocked out the race for things like this. It's about time someone stood up and, you know, I'm all good with the good old boys club. People will be like, well, you got hammered in North Dakota. Yeah. In North Dakota, I got hammered. My life was torn apart, but one of them is dead now. Many others are going to be indicted. And the thing is, they may have smeared me, but they did not kill me. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So this good old boy club, which is way worse than the North Dakota one. I mean, I don't know. That's specu. Mm, they gave like nuclear proximity to China. So I don't know how, but Ohio is spearheading these Alex system. It was Frank LaRose that did it, right? Frank LaRose did it. He was dubbed by Krebs to lead it. In fact, you know, 2018 with no quorum, with the EAC and all these, I mean, he should be decertified too. 2020, we're talking anything after 2017. And suddenly we have special elections across all of Ohio for state legislation and everything because that's the way it has to be done. It has to be done the right way. And in North Dakota, Tuttle, who like me is very controversial got on as Secretary of State. I was really glad to hear Mike Lindell talk about Al Yeager, who I confronted in 2016 and 2015 and said, yo, this is a problem because foreign nationals are on the list to vote. You need to exclude people that aren't American citizens. That would be a Title IV violation. Hey, dinosaur, you can't even walk straight or tie your shoe. Why are you still in office? And that's a problem everybody has across the nation, but it seems that the good old boy clubs, the real good old boy clubs are in the states that are of primary importance with energy. Remember that 
energy states are the problem. And in Texas right now, Paxton is fighting a war that seems like he can't win, but he will. Texans, don't mess with Texas, right? Kentucky the same. We'll see how that goes. So on that note, guys, um, I want to wish you a fantastic evening. I will keep you guys updated through Truth and Telegram. Maybe I might do a Locals Night, depending on how things go. And um, just pray. Because there's a lot of things right now that I want to say, and I shouldn't, and I won't. And the reason I say this is because you just need to focus on faith. Right now, just have faith and faith in yourself. Just send that email. Send that letter. Tell them you don't consent. It's the simplest thing. And the most powerful sentence any American citizen can reiterate. I do not consent. I'd really love to see Tom McDonald do a song about I do not consent. That would be good. Till I'm down, I swear to God, I'll do it my way. Grind it on my life, now every day is Friday. Independent legend, unheard of at my age. Middle finger flipping, got scribbles on my face. I will not go mainstream, dog, you know I hate pop. I'll be screaming the industry until my veins pop. That's a fake watch. Your whole gang ops ain't the same. Stop. No one knows your name, that's why you always got a name drop. Most illest singer, both middle fingers thrown in the air. I don't care. Till I'm a ghost. <laughs>